Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. So when you got Trade a Hall of Fame for, tight end. Well, that's the biggest thing, right? Sure, like, that we should bring that into the he discussion is your as number well. one receiver. Right. And Jarek McKinnon. And can make it easier to downgrade on the yes. edges and you can still be effective. Yeah, like I'll say this. you got a Hall of Famer in the middle. When I go to the window and I place my bet on the Super Bowl, it will not be because Mahomes does or does not have, uh, you know, top he, – he doesn't have top flight receivers. He didn't have top flight receivers at the end of the Cincinnati game, and he still found a way. Mm-hmm. I know Cincinnati's, you know, Philly's going to be a different beast altogether than Cincinnati. But like I, if I believe Kansas City's going to win, I'm not going to base that on oh they're, they whether Juju Smith Schuster plays or not. It's just going to be about can, do I think they can scheme it up? Do I think Mahomes can do enough against that defense to uh, to 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 pull out a win? And that's what I'm still trying to. I lean that way. I lean that way right now. Because um, hell, I mean. Again, different circumstances, but A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith combined for 60 yards last week. I mean, you know, it's not well, like— I mean, they didn't have to, though. No, it's like true. It was over early no, game a lot of factors. because yeah, you're running that, factors, and they did. For sure. A lot of factors. I agree yeah. totally. But in, in the end, I think receiver is probably the position in the NFL that is, on average, most replaceable. On average. Because there's so many. No, it's running back. Yeah, okay, you're right. Running back. Running back. But followed by receiver. Maybe linebacker? Because, there's again, you're talking about three or four. So, how many – I mean, how many truly – how many truly game-breaking receivers are there in the NFL? Guys who, if they're on the field or not on the field – Ten. Ten. Isn't that a good number to start with? Nuck. Devontae. Jamar. Jamar. Jefferson. Jefferson. Um, Devo- uh, you got Devontae. Diggs. Diggs. Yep. Diggs is one. Are we putting? We're not putting T. Higgins there quite yet, are we? Debo gets that money if if he got the line to what those other guys got, but it's so spread out in that offense. He's paid like one though. All right, we'll say Debo, um, Keenan Allen, or no? I guess if is he a like, game breaker? He's not a game breaker anymore. He yeah, used not to be. anymore. Yeah. Um, Tyreek Hill, I think absolutely. So that's six. Thought you had eight there. Okay, six. I'm, I'm on. Uh, sorry, that's seven. Okay. Now I'm on eight. Can you get me three more? 
Well, the Moon Man. You put uh, Chase Claypool and Mooney. Oh, now that is it. No, I mean, what about the guys that are on the way? Like maybe like a CD. You know, CDs couldn't. He got to be a game changer. And he's not there yet. That's fine. Yeah. Um, there we're leaving out several here. It feels like. Well, I think there's a like we're there's going a off the top there's of a head. step me, down, oh, right? Like the CD Lambs. I'm the, just. We, can we get to ten? I think we can. The get Amon Ross St. Browns. You know what I mean? Like I, th- I think those are those guys are coming up. You know, T. Higgins is he there yet? No, um, but will be. I mean, one more year on that contract. We're 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 you know, we're saying, um, you know, we're we're saying receivers, but you would certainly say like Kelsey and Kittle, you know, or but we're just going with receivers here. Um, AJ, right? Yeah, okay, that's eight. Game changer. Uh, and I think that I, I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of done at eight, bro. I mean, you want to put Terry McLaurin in there? CD was third in the league in receiving, bro. Is that what? No, I'm sorry. No, he's, that's that's postseason. Yeah, he's he's six though. He's six. Okay. I mean, do you do you think he's there? You think he's okay? We'll put CD at nine. That's fine. That's not. That's fine. He's a. What he, about DK? Not anymore. I'll give you that. Not anymore. Um, so I'm at nine. Can you give me one more? I my, mean, there's enough around that we can get to that. What, what my my initial take that ten is probably a solid number to start with. We're stretching to get to ten, but that's fine. Point is, is there's a lot of receivers in the NFL who are just who are good and replaceable. Like there's not like you can count on you know. But it ain't running back. You're trying you. I think you you had tried to step a little too far out there though. Okay, it's not the running back position. Yeah, you know, you're right. Because running backs. can. But does McLaurin count? He puts up numbers. He does. I don't. I don't. I don't think he's. It's hard to it's hard to differentiate. Does Amari doesn't count anymore? I don't think so. Mike was, Evans doesn't count. I don't think so. I mean, they're great, but like Garrett it, it, Wilson will be when he gets a QB. It, yes, and we're talking about guys who when they okay. don't play. So it's a good solid ten. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I, I mean, think, Mike Williams when he plays, right? Yeah, and I think you're right. Like, it, I mean, Ramondre Stevenson was 13th Mike, in the NFL in in rushing. Like, I mean, he's good, so, but he's not like, oh man, Ramondre Stevenson's not playing. Here's the point. What you can't do is give me ten running backs like that. Jacobs, Henry, Chubb, Barkley, and then it falls Christian McCaffrey, and then it falls off. Did you say Cook? He should be in there. If he's not, he should. He, All right, that's I'll give six. You, but he's he he's not the same guy. You don't see those anymore. Did you put Taylor in there? No, but are we sure on him? I don't know. He had a great it's, year it's, two it, years ago. That's the most replaceable position now. You see it in the way these guys are. Yeah. You know, that used up for the rookie contract, basically let go. We'll get yep. the next one. Yep, that's exactly right. I mean, 10th tenth, tenth in the league. Josh Jacobs going to end up being an outlier guy that ends up re-signing with his team. Yeah. You know, the team that drafted him. I would like to compare. Okay, so I'm just going to do this exercise on the fly right here because this is like the, the league has changed. Number 10 in the NFL this year is Aaron Jones. He finished with 1,100 yards, right? Let's go back to 2000 and. Six regular season, right? So six, 17 years ago, what did number 10 have in rushing? 1,200? Okay. So it was, I mean, it's, the top was, well, the top was heavier. But you had, how many 1,000-yard rushers did you have in 2006? You had 23. You got 16 this year. Yeah. 23 1,000-yard rushers, and, and really, I'll say 24 because Willis McGahee in 2006 had 990. So, I mean, that gives you an idea, almost, you know, a third 
of yeah, offenses are passing offenses now. Yeah. And these these do it all back. Well, and again, go look at the franchise tag, right? Go look at the franchise tag. A franchise tag for running backs only gonna cost you ten million dollars. Yeah, I saw that. Josh would only get ten million. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't know what the and and it goes into the shelf life and things like that. I mean, we know that, but. You know, if you just compare, yeah, like running backs just are not valued. They don't get drafted in the first round anymore, very rarely. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just not as much of an emphasis anymore. Is it? Would you be? give Saquon a huge deal and do it? I can't. I can't. For Based on what? I mean. Based on this year. I can't. can't, bro. Because it's going to cost me somewhere else. It's going to cost me with Kayvon Thibodeau. It's going to cost me on the defense. It's going to cost me on the DB. Well, they got to figure out. I told you it's Daniel Jones. Too. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't pay a running back that kind of money because a, he's going to get hurt, you know, and b, I'm going to have to borrow from another. A, a running back is just not a position where you can sell out anymore. You know, you sell out for your edge rusher, your quarterback, your DB. Because and your receiver, those are the those are the positions that you like. All right, we got to pay these guys. There's there's no doubt we got to do it, and um, we we because I think you're right overall. But I do think the Giants are going to end up having to pay due to give them the long term deal. And fran- I, I think you franchise Daniel pay. I think that's probably Saquon. right. I think that's probably fair. I agree with that. Um, my buddy Coop says Jalen Waddle. I mean, I don't, I don't think we could say Jalen Jalen Waddle's in that next tier. He's in the ne- He's in there with Amon Ra and. And uh, T and and, uh, and 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 I would say Claypool. Water. No, Claypool is not, bro. Claypool is one bad year from being a, out of the league and playing for the Memphis Showboats. Brandon Ayuk is in that group. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Who what is about it? Boyd? No. Solid three. Solid number three. <clears throat> but but I don't think he. I think like he's like older. He's like 27, 28 years old. I don't think I'm, I'm not sure I knew that. Yeah, he's a little older. Um, anyway, it's an interesting conversation. Um, I was thinking about it yesterday, like, and and I, and I will say this, like, it's the Bills need a, a better number two. I thought Gabe was going to take a big step this year and 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 be you know consistent. Gabe Rogers. Gabe Davis. Davis. Gabe Gabe Rogers. Does he play for Memphis, bro? I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Gabe Davis didn't make enough of a name for himself. He did. You drafted him very high in fantasy. Too high. What he catch for five hundred yards or something? Yeah, I th- he might have gotten. Well, why a- should I know it? He well, yeah, Gabe Rogers. Do more. Gabe Davis finished with six hundred yards receiving. He had more than that. He had way more than that. I think he had, he had uh, eight hundred thirty-six. Had seven touchdowns. That was good for fifteen. Was a, a lot of those came early in the season. He was his seventeen point four yards per catch was third in the NFL. I don't think he probably just didn't get the he probably didn't get the ball enough didn't get open enough. Anyway, um, thought it was an interesting interesting piece to uh, to the to the Chiefs uh, and Eagles Super Bowl matchup. We're gonna come back talk to Trista Cricket one twenty five, uh, but gotta tell you about our friends at Shoot three sixty. This is a place where if you've got a basketball lover in the family, you gotta take them out and let them check it out because it's a utopia. All that technology, it's the same technology that Steph and Clay use. Millions of data points, so when you take that jumper, it's gonna measure. Hey. You're too strong on this. You're too left on this. You're too right on this. You're going to be able to develop that muscle memory where it becomes second nature. 
and you're going to be able to see it. You're going to enjoy watching them get better at the game. Memberships available. 85 Market Center Drive. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. In Krista Crick's going to join us at 125. We'll talk to her about everything, I'm sure. Um, but uh, we're, I don't know, maybe less than a month away from the NBA trade deadline. And we've been now having conversations about, okay, are the Grizzlies going to be active? Should they be active? Should they be um, Should they be talkers? Should they be listeners? Um, and you had, you had mentioned, Jason, that Bobby Marks has something out about potential trades for every team? Is that what he did? Uh, yes. You're going to have to give me a second to pull it up. I thought you had. I can't, I cannot, I cannot find that one. I thought, um, you know, it was, it was called up there, but look, here's, here's the thing. Um, you talked about being Danny Green, being the, the, the one to watch. You're going to yeah. expect him to be the, that's generally summing up. You can expect him to be the addition or you're going to use him as a trade piece. And he points out that Zach Kleiman is also, you know, in terms of what he's usually inclined to do, it's not to make in-season trades. Uh, I think he points out what's it been three years? Yeah, since he's made one. Yeah, February 9th is the deadline, which is like coming up fast. I mean, that's coming up super fast. So you, I mean, you don't have that much. Uh, you don't have that much time. Um, but is it is it is it the the Western Conference? Yeah, the Western Conference deal predictions, right? Isn't that what he? In that what you're? Yeah, you're saying they took it down or something? No, I'm, I'm looking at it. Okay, good. I'm looking at it now. Um, yeah, he uh, he really. This is what he says. Um, Green, Xavier Tillman, 2024 pick, first rounder for Malik Beasley. I mean, that seems like a lot, man. Are you gonna give up a first round pick to, for Malik Beasley? 
I don't know. No. I'm I'm uninterested in that one, my man. It's not so much a prediction as it is a trade we would like to see. He's not saying, and, and is, is he? Does he say which pick? He's Golden State or their own? I know they all on they own all of their own, and they got the Golden State. Yeah, pick. He's, he doesn't say we're tossing in the Golden State pick. Surely, so whatever, whichever one is top fourteen protected, a, a top a top twenty, a two thousand twenty four top fourteen protected first to Utah. He doesn't say which one that is. Um, so yeah, uh, Clyman's made twenty seven trades, only two during the regular season. Three years since he's made a trade during the regular season. There it is. Um, of the 15 players under contract, 11 have been drafted by the Grizzlies. Uh, Zach Kleiman has never traded a first-round pick. They have second. They have nine second-rounders to use. So You think he's going to trade a first-round pick well, to get Malik Beasley to win, what, a game more now? I don't even know if that's what it translates to. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do think... What's he got left on him? I do think the Grizzlies too? have to move off some of them, though. Because you're not just going to draft all. You're not going to use all of them. You're just not. Yeah, at some point you're going to consolidate yeah. when you're ready to make the big move. Yeah, but it ain't going to be Malik Beasley. I mean, he's not He's not even shooting the ball as well as I thought he was. So He's got one more year on his deal, it appears to Malik. Wouldn't just be a, a rental rental where you only got him the rest of the season at least. Yeah, yeah. He's got one more year on his deal. But I'm not giving up a first-round pick for Malik Beasley. I, I agree. I just don't. I, I'm not there. I'm not there. That's a valuable pick. First-rounder? I just, I don't know. I would need to really feel like that guy. If you're giving up they a first-rounder. They got Desmond rounder, and Santi at the end of the first round. That team values its first-rounders. Hell, it values its second-rounders. Now, does Danny – He's like, never traded – Clyman's never traded a first-rounder. Why Dan- are you going to make Malik Beasley the first one you do it for? Right. And is is Malik Beasley going to be that much better than Danny Green? I mean – That's to be seen. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. What did you say shooting at 36 this year? 36. He was 5 of 11 from 3. All Danny ever do shoot 40%. Shoot 40% with no legs. Yeah. So, he's a little younger, you know, about the same size. I just, I don't know. I don't don't love the, I mean, Xavier Tillman, you're, you're, you're done with anyway. So, that's, that's, that's nothing. That's transactional. That's just to make the money work. But, um, I don't love the idea of giving away a first round pick for it. I just don't. He doesn't do in season moves. Yeah, hasn't done one in three years. Yeah, so again, you know, nine days until Get ready to stand pat. I think that's probably what happens. I do, um, especially because they have some home games coming up, so they'll start winning again, mm-hmm. and so we'll so the vibes will be good again. But I don't know; it's just interesting. Who knows? Uh, it doesn't feel like it's going to be a super active trade deadline, though. It's not, you know, some trade deadlines are like, oh, this guy's going to be moved, that guy's going to be moved. Yeah, I don't think there are many blockbusters out there this season. Maybe I'll be surprised, but doesn't feel like that at all. All right, Trista Creek's going to join us when we come back. We'll talk to her. Uh, get her thoughts. Should the Grizzlies trade for Malik Beasley or somebody else? Is there anybody out there that moves the needle for her? Uh, talk to her about the NFL and more. Stick around. Jason and John, 92 FM, ESPN. Trista Crick is the host of Bet MGM Tonight. Joins us every single Tuesday on the show. She's here now. What it do, Trista? What to do? Are you feeling good about your Chiefs win that you basically were gifted by the refs? I feel so good. I never apologize for the wins. You know, and I'll say this. The, the Bengals never led for a single second in that game. My heart does not bleed for them today. I mean, that's fair. That's, that's one take. That is one take. And also, Joe Burrow had a chance to win it. He did not. Yeah, that was ba- that was bad. You know, I felt like that was something going on where you you could feel. And listen, maybe it was just my perspective because I had a couple of props that 
that I personally needed some more yardage on. So I was rooting for overtime. But there was a part of me that felt like the Bengals were fine with overtime too. Yeah, I, I, I tell you, I don't remember exactly. Uh, you know, I, 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 I can't recall to memory exactly what happened, but I remember when the Chiefs punted. I was like, oh, this like they're not. This is it. This is what Joey B does. This is what That's Joe right. Burrow does. And, and Chris Jones ended it. Yeah. So it I was going to happen. I think that was. Uh, I think that was the revelation, right? That uh, a couple things. One is, yeah, that Cincinnati offensive line was in fact as bad as we thought it was, and uh, and and Buffalo needs to make some moves if they fancy themselves as a as a contender and if they ever want to make the AFC championship game or 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 more. Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah, you're right about Buffalo because I think that Von Miller was the key to that pass rush, and when he went down, their pass rush went from top ten conservatively top 10 to I think 27th at getting pressure on the quarterback. Chris Jones, and we talked to Alex Gold from uh, Kansas City early last week, and he said, listen, Chris Jones has never had a sack in the postseason in his career. So betting on him to have multiple sacks in this game is probably a good one. And there's going to need to be some other guys that get to Joe Burrow too. And so Spagnola's game plan I felt like was so good and he left a lot of the the tricks up his sleeve that he did not pull out when he when they played, you know, a few weeks back or whatever that was. <clears throat> and then, you know, it, it ended up being something where I think Joe Burrow expected I mean four sacks in the first half is tremendous. The fact that they even came into the second half and, and looked as good as they did was was pretty impressive. Either team could have won. I just felt like some of the final calls, you know, the block in the back that wasn't called. I'm not going to get into the <clears throat> the late hit because that's that's correct. That's a correct call. But you could have called that a late hit, roughing the passer on Chris Jones against Joe Bur- with Joe Burrow too, right? So, yeah, I mean, I'm just salty. I'm salty because I had Travis Kelsey props that were very close to hitting. I obviously came out, you know, positive for the day, but Jamar Chase, I think I needed five more yards from him. Overtime, no matter the result, would have been much better. Which way, and maybe it changes, but are you leaning one way, Trista, when it comes to looking at this, this Super Bowl matchup right now? Are you leaning one way? Are you kind of wavering? What do you think of it? So, fly, Eagles, fly. You know, uh, that's my perspective. You guys know how I feel about Philadelphia as a whole, if you followed me at all in my career. Me and Philly have a very long, passionate, back-and-forth relationship. So I'm, I'm buying vintage Philadelphia teas. I'm going to do the Lord's work for Pat Mahomes. I'm going to make sure that Pat Mahomes gets, gets another Super Bowl. And that is by, outside of this radio hit, on my shows that I go on four hours a day, there's nothing but positive affirmations for Philadelphia and the city and the players. Hassan Reddick, Jalen Hurts, all these guys, which are probably only, you know, there's only a couple guys on that team I really like. Lane Johnson was an absolute animal uh, with that, with the torn groin going out there as, as looking as good as he did. But so, yeah, I mean, I placed, truthfully, I did place a bet on Chiefs plus three. I bought the three as soon as it happened. I don't think that stays there. I'm probably going to double and circle the block on that as well. I think it was minus 130. But publicly, between you, me, and the lamppost, it's fly Eagles fly until the Super Bowl. Interesting. How much of a how much of a, a, a an impact or factor 
do you think Mahomes' re- wide receiver room and the uncertainty around them, how much do you think that matters in, in the Super Bowl? I think it matters a lot. However, two weeks is a long time to get healthy. And so Kadarius Tony, I think he'll get right. It didn't look like the ankle injury that he, he sustained on that looked like it was supposed to be a touchdown, but got called back. It didn't look like that was that serious compared to what Pat Mahomes is dealing with, right? Uh, but, yeah, I think anytime you have significant injuries to a wide receiver core, I think also more importantly is there were some injuries to the defense uh, on in the secondary, and you already got rookies back there. I think that's really the key piece for me. I think Pat Mahomes is, is special enough to get anybody the ball. I mean, he could get Miko Hardman the ball for 115 yards. No shade to Miko Hardman. But you saw what he did with MVS. And also, MVS, maybe you call it the system, maybe you say you know, he's just developed as a receiver. MVS was not that good in Green Bay. He was okay, but he wasn't 115 yards or, uh, in the playoffs in the championship game good. So I think Pat Mahomes is going to be able to elevate anybody. More so, I am concerned about the defense. If, for whatever reason, uh, maybe the run game gets stuffed early or whatever, but Jalen Hurts has got to make a you know a, a third and 10, third and 11 throw, I mean, it kind of goes to it. We always say at some point in these playoffs it's going to come down to one or two throws. Do you trust him, Trista? I do. You saw him make some big throws against San Francisco. He just didn't have to. Right. I think what, and we talked about this last night, it is – Jalen Hurts' shoulder, how big of a concern is it really, right? And it's a concern for sure, but I think he's preserving his body for the moments where he actually needs to throw the ball a lot. And that could be in the Super Bowl, right? You don't want to be airing it out against the New York football giants when you're pummeling them to dust. And then once Brock Purdy's UCL uh, gave out on him, and he now obviously needs Tommy John surgery. Once that became apparent that you've got Josh Johnson and then the ghost of Brock Purdy, who can only throw the ball five yards down the field, why would you ever throw the ball right. to, to any of your receivers? And you're averaging, what, like five yards per carry on the ground? Kenneth Gainwell was a man in that game. He was? He, he, was, he, he might have been better in that game pound for pound than Miles Sanders, and Miles Sanders, I think, is a, a, a really, really good back. So why wouldn't you just use your running game as much as you can, and then if you need to make those throws, you make them? Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Uh, explain to uh, my partner here your uh, your theory, your dissertation here on the difference between a hooper and a basketball player. Oh, did you like that? Did you like that video? I thought it was. I thought it was an interesting posit. I did. Yeah. And I was. I was. I found so myself here. thinking about like, okay, who would I put in each category around the league? You know what I mean? I think if you're, yeah, so we were talking about the Houston Rockets. That's how it started this conversation. And it's clear to me that the Houston Rockets have a bunch of AAU guys on it, right? Like, that's kind of what it feels like. Tremendous talent. Like, Kevin Porter Jr. is a pure hooper. He can give you buckets. But do you trust Kevin Porter Jr. to go out and run an offense Think about getting other guys involved, getting them to eat. Where are they at in terms of their their week, their mentality? Does Jabari Smith need the ball? I think I think Houston has more pure hoopers than basketball players on it. Like you could see, okay, Eric Gordon, he's been on you know playoff runs before. He's a veteran in this league. He's probably the OG on the team, and he's 
you would consider him, I think, a basketball player. Someone who obviously has skills. I'm not saying any of these guys who are basketball players don't have skills, but they can operate within the NBA and the business and the system that comes around with the NBA. I think the young guns on, on the Houston Rockets, a lot of them are just hoopers who are, who are out here wanting the ball. And some of the best stars in the league are pure hoopers. You know, Kevin Durant being one of them, right? He's a pure hooper. But he also can, can do all the things that an NBA player, obviously, or a basketball player can do. Thoughts? I'm, well, I'm curious on this then. How, how, what's OKC got? Are those a bunch of hoopers or are those a bunch of basketball players? I, I was listening to you. I know they, they cover quite a bit, don't they, Trista? But I'm, but I'm curious in terms of breaking down that team because we were just talking about them earlier on this show and how it's past the point of scrappy. Like, they can go out and hand you an L this season if you don't watch out. But what are they, is that a bunch of hoopers or is that are those basketball players? So I think Jalen Williams, the reason that uh, Jalen with an E, Yep. Jalen, so I, I don't know if he's J-Dub or J-Will. I can't get that straight. The one from Santa Clara. Jalen Williams, I think he was drafted simply because he is a basketball player. He's a, he's a tremendous talent, but what he did at Santa Clara, small school, he can do all the little things you want done, right? I think he absolutely was, was taken early because he is a basketball player. Josh Giddy, basketball player. He's done that overseas. He's got court vision. He can hoop, but I think you see him as the connective tissue as a basketball player. I think Shea Gilgis-Alexander has shades of both. He can – I mean, I he agree. is a pure hooper. I agree. He is a pure Definite hooper. Definitely hooper. Right? Like, he can, he can operate anywhere on any court with anyone. Uh, you know, obviously leading the league right now in drives, can get to the, get to the rim at levels, even jaws behind him in terms of uh, drives per game, which is sort of stunning. Wow. I have yet to see Chet Holmgren. I think he's probably shades of both. Toku, to me, is a hooper. He, he needs to develop more. I think he even gives me that same vibe as Alperin Shangoon, if we're going to continue the, the Rockets comment, right? Can do a lot of things, but just has to get into the, the system and development of his skills and body at that level. I think Lou Dort is a basketball player. Oh, my God. Like, I love Lou Dort. He's been injured. But you, you think about a guy who was at Arizona State, gets – it goes undrafted and can carve out this niche for himself. I think you got to put him in that. Kenrick Williams, basketball player. Mike Muscala, I don't really know. Trey Mann, I think, has shades of both. I mean, this is a good team, guys. Yeah, they are. This is a really good team. We don't even know what Usman Jang is yet. And they went up, obviously, and, and uh, moved up in the draft to get him. We haven't seen him. We haven't seen Chet uh, Holmgren yet and whoever they end up getting in this year's draft. They have a million draft picks. This team could be a contender anytime they choose. So is anytime the, they choose. So it's just it's kind when of they scary. decide. So yeah. let me ask you this. Like, is the implication that you're not going to win a championship if, if, if your best player is a hooper? Oh, I don't know if that's true. I just think you. I think there's a max limit on how many pure hoopers on your team you can have without straight dysfunction taking place. Yeah, like 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 there, it, <laughs> almost, it, it almost feels like it almost feels like there is a negative sort of connotation with hooper. You know, like there that like a hooper is missing something. Well, I think. What we realize as professionals in our business, too, and I think probably you could consider me in some ways if you want to take the analogy over into the radio or sports media business, I would consider myself a pure hooper in that way. All I want to do is cook. All I want to do is have 
time and fun with you guys and give opinions and uh, bet on games and have I, the the business side of it, the self promotion side of it, the the things that go along with the business that turn really good players, really good media people into superstars. That's probably my weakest attribute. So there's things that that it's not a negative. It's just a, a growth development, and I think you can continue to be that and operate at a very high level in the NBA. I just don't think you can have five starting Hoopers on a team, right? Like, I don't think you could have five right. Kevin Porter Juniors on your team. I don't think you could have five Josh Christophers on your team. I just don't think that yeah. they're thinking about the game in a way that makes everyone better. Right. They're thinking about how do we how do we score the most points as humanly possible and stop. And that's a, a very simplistic layer of the game, and I think yep. there's more to the NBA than there is at, at lower levels. Well, I, I, I do think it's it's a super fascinating. Like, I I think what makes Ja so special is that he can toggle that. He can be both. Yeah. You know what I mean? When necessary. I think he is an underrated basketball player. Most people probably perceive him to be a hooper, but I think he can – he can toggle that setting. Um, on the same token, I don't. Did the Golden State Warriors have any hoopers? I mean, you want to say Kaminga? I mean, because he's young and he's not there yet. A pool would be a hooper to me. What about to you, Tristan? Yeah, I think pool is a hooper. Pool is a yeah. Pool but he's is but, a but he's hooper. got he he does he he I guess he. You I, see him jack that yeah, shot. No, and guess, Steph saying, "Give me the ball." Yeah, like, I guess you're right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. But but he's the only like hoopers think. Hoopers at the end of a game think heat check. Mm-hmm. Basketball, basketball players at the end of games think, all right, what, how do we need to slow this tempo down? What is the other team going to do next? How do we manage the clock? All of these things that you're not necessarily always thinking about right. because it's usually fought for you at lower levels. But now in the next level, I think you have to – and that's the decision-making quality, right? It's just a different right. – a different mindset for decision-making quality, and that's probably why I bang on Jordan Poole. Jaylen, he doesn't have that. Jalen Brown, Hooper, correct? Yeah, he is. Jalen yeah, Brown's a Hooper. Is. He's a Hooper. Yeah, he is. He is. Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum, basketball player. For sure, and and can be a Hooper. That boy can. Right. Yeah. He can flat out. He could toggle that. That's what the Celtics, I think, want a lot of is, is these guys that can toggle between. Rob Williams, Rob Williams Hooper, and he's now evolved, right? right. That was what they got him from Texas A&M. They, they brought him in to be yep. this pure, raw, athletic, instinctual. Like, it's the instincts versus it – it, it's not like a knock. It's just a different, I think, right. mentality. Let me ask – let me throw – because I'm, I'm, I'm curious to just go around the league, like – What's Damian Lillard? So here's the thing that I think has happened with Dame. It's really fascinating. And I think he goes through different periods in his career where he emphasizes one over the other. When he came, if you look at his rookie year, and he came out of Weber State, he was more of a basketball player then than he is now. Because – you see the, the fundamentals in terms of how he wanted to get guys involved, how he passed, what type of passes he used, what his reads looked like. Just, I think he was much more of, and maybe that was just a confidence thing, because obviously his confidence is through the roof now, yep. and people said he was a score-first guard when he first got into the league, and so I think he was focused 
on passing a lot, but some of the things that Dame Willard did in his rookie year, I wish he did more of now. And I think possibly you could say he's much more of a hooper now. He can lead a team. He can take over. He can get guys involved. I think he can toggle between. But when you go on a team like Portland, and maybe this is how the guys on Houston feel. I don't think so, though, just based on how they played at lower levels and how they play in critical times down the stretch to give a lot of leads away. So you could say, well, Dame went to the Blazers and they needed him to take over. They needed him to just go out there and ball. And so he took more of the responsibility on his shoulders. I don't think it's correlated to just one-on-one ISO scoring, but it certainly has, has some level of that to it. And you could say, okay, well, maybe that's Terry Stoss and his system. I think it's a pretty complex discussion play by player by player right because you have a lot to think about when you are evaluating well, and team needs go into it, right? it yeah. yeah yep exactly team a thousand percent trist if you were the grizzlies real quick because we've been talking about this one's been thrown around a lot og ananobi you know obviously looks like he's gettable for some team that's willing to pay the price if you were the grizzlies are you willing to pay more than other teams maybe the knicks i've seen reports that they're willing to offer multiple first rounders for him if you're the grizzlies would you offer what you have to to go to get OG, is it worth it? How, how would you approach that that potential trade? Who is the player that you think you would have to give up to give, get him? Picks and Dylan and, uh, and, and maybe some edge work, you know, a couple of more role players or something, but Dylan on expiring the picks and, you know, a, a couple of bodies. I, I would definitely do that if I was the Grizzlies. I love Dylan. Obviously, I went to Oregon. I feel very positively about him. Sometimes he has some some uh, bad decision-making in him. You know, he wants to go out and do everything that he can for the team. Offensively, it can get rough. I don't know necessarily if you're going to get that uh, same sort of decision-making from OG. And he's defensively a monster. I think you become a top three defense in the league with OG and an OB. And that's no shade to Dylan Brooks. I just think OG can do more things for you. Um, And I think he's going to become more of a scorer as well. One of my good friends works with OG on his body, on sort of the things that he's doing in terms of elevating his play. I think I think you automatically kind of become the team to beat in the West, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I, I More don't... so than these edge work moves like going and add a Beasley or something that, you know, the people are talking about a smaller move. Oh, don't move. do that. Oh, gee, my, yeah, yeah, I, I, like I think that. It, sh- it shifts a little bit. The, hes- the only hesitation is just like the, the, it's the, what you're giving up. The culture is so good, you know. And yeah. they, are, they already, to your point, they already are a top three defense. So, you know, they, they're yep. that right now. Um, I don't know. I guess it's it's sort of a discussion, too. Like, how much is Dylan a part of their DNA? You know, like just his attitude, right. that all, I got this guy, just the spit, the fire, all of that. How much of that has become so grizz now that you don't want to give it up? I, I, I'm kind of with you that OG can still fit. He can fit those things. Maybe it doesn't give you the same level of intensity, but that it's going to be more efficient. I think we know that about OG, you know? Yeah, and I'm curious. Uh, there's a lot to there that, too, because I think number one is how does Ja feel about Dylan and how does Ja feel about OG? Yeah. What does he think that's going to do for the team and elevate it? You always want to ask your star player their thoughts on it, and if it's somebody he feels like he, he must have because he's some sort of integral part of grit and grind or, or this, this culture that is what the Grizzlies are now. I think that's something to think of. Also, and, and this may sort of counter what I was saying about OG because I love OG on the Grizzlies and I think it's a great move, but I think you have to figure out whether the role that you would need OG in 
he would particularly be happy in mm-hmm. because he's not happy with his role in in Toronto. They're not calling any plays for him. They yeah, don't see, that, that, run their offense. I'm, I'm glad yeah. you brought that up because you would probably be asking him to be the fourth in the pecking order behind Ja, right. Bain, Jaron. You know, you're going to be – which is what they're asking Dylan to do. So you're saying it, that's, that's his issue right now, right? Yeah, but I think also there's an issue with Fred Van Fleet and Siakam personally, like yeah. a personal issue. Yep. And that's, that all stems back to when those two became friends in the G League. So they became a clique, and no matter if you were to run off an offense with OG in mind or not, if those two guys have the basketball and they're thinking about one another and they are not thinking about you – then you're going to have some sort of – you're going to feel some sort of way about that. Uh, and so maybe a change of scenery and, and playing with a guy like Jaw. I think Jaw just has a different mentality than Fred. Um, he just wants to get his guys involved. Yeah. And that's why I think you could say as much as Jaw is someone who has all the skill level in the world and, and can do all the things that a Hooper can do, the best testament that I can say about Jaw is that he's a, a basketball player as well, and he can get make guys make winning plays. Absolutely, Tristan, great stuff. Love homie. this stuff. Thank you, Thanks Tristan. Thanks for the time as always. Thanks. We we got into it today. Into I like it. it. Man. What we do. It's what we do. Thanks. Thank you, Tristan. Talk soon. All right. Talk to you guys yep. later. She is Tristan Crick. Joins us every single Tuesday here on the show. Uh, catch her on BetMGM tonight. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. 
And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.